Welcome to UFC Training Ultimate <laughs> Faithful Catholics. I am your spiritual fitness trainer. I'm the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Latin lover of Our Lady. I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you? Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. Jesse, I'm reporting for duty, but i got to give some good news stories right now. I told you yesterday afternoon, and you said, Terry, tell our audience. Well, I've been spending a long time trying to fight with the IRS for <laughs> the uh, Virgin Most Powerful Radio Catholic Resource Center because they took our, our uh, nonprofit status and suspended it and didn't tell us wow. why. So for eight and a half months, we've been battling, and yesterday we got a letter from them from our CPA, which cost us thousands of dollars to defend it. And I got to thank our listeners because we couldn't defend ourselves without you. We had to pay a professional. We won. They said it was our mistake. Now, I don't wow. know, Jesse, if it was somebody who said, hey, you conservative, you know, little fish out there, we're going to make it difficult for you to operate. We're going to take your nonprofit status away. Okay. If that was it, that was it. We paid the price. Get up. They knocked us down. But yeah, it was their mistake, the IRS's mistake. Just like we just got on the same news yesterday, all you people who have been asking about Apple and the uh, issue of listening to it, uh, we've been, we were taken off along with, um, um, along with Matt Arnold's show, and I got the email here saying, okay, we're back up now, and people are going back to listen to the shows. You know, but I want to just recommend, Jesse, just listen to them on our app, and let's not go to Apple. I mean it, because yeah. they can control us with a little flick of the switch. But our app, we have control over. So, folks, I just want to say thank you for your prayers, because certain people were praying for us to get back in the saddle on that, and we did. It cost us a lot, but it's like I said the other day, Jesse, we get knocked down. What do we do? We get, get up. up. Yep. Amen. So today's topic, Jess, getting to this, but I had to give that good news story. The source and summit of the Christian life, we're going to talk about the Mass, the Mass of the Ages. We're going to be interviewing Cameron O'Hearn about why he made this movie. It's, it's touching people all over the world. We're also going to talk with Dr. DeMarco. He has an article called Philosophy is Not a Box of Chocolates. And we always say good philosophy breeds good theology. That's one of the challenges in the church today. So many of the clergy never got good philosophy. So that's what we're covering and Jess, I've got some uh, another good news thing, and I didn't bring it in. I mentioned it to you before the show. Gosh, I did. I printed it and didn't bring it in. Oh, it was something to do. Uh, oh, I know the response uh, that some Catholics did up in Michigan. They took the Blessed Sacrament out to the state capitol, had a Eucharistic procession, making reparation for the state uh, promoting the killing of innocent life. I thought that was uh, good, and the priest who led that, I appreciate that because. You know, Jesse, where's the church going where its leaders take them? Yeah, that was very inspirational. I watched it on the Internet. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, yeah, this, this is old school Catholicism, Terry. This is what Catholics would do for centuries and centuries uh, to take space in the public square for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yep. God bless them. Yep. It has to happen all over the country. Just want to mention that the month of December, this liturgical season of Advent, is ushering in Christmas, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Advent is a time of preparation for the coming of our Savior, the first coming and the second coming. Um, and also we celebrated the, the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception on December 8th. We also celebrated uh, Our Lady Guadalupe's feast day on, on uh, December 12th. And so December is, is, uh, is a celebratory time. And you know why? It's all because of Jesus Christ. I was always telling my wife the other day, my kids, Tell us. I was saying, 
Everything good in the United States of America comes from Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything. If it wasn't for Jesus, it would be just humdrum, just another day at the office, just another day in America. Oh, we're at war today. Oh, uh, you know, high gas prices. Oh, high on inflation. No. Jesus, his feasts, his holidays, which are really holy days, hint, hint, <laughs> they, they're interjected into, into American culture and it brings flavor. It enriches society. It brings it brings the best out in people. People they have lights on their house and nativity displays, and people are saying "Merry Christmas." At least I am. Amen. When you go and and again, Christmas, the birth of Christ, uh, Easter Sunday we celebrate in this country, the resurrection of Christ. Uh, everything in this country that where there's something good attached to it is because of Jesus Christ. Even New Year's Day, I'll argue. How do we know that January 1st is New Year's Day? Well, because it's dated from the birth of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it'll be January 1st, 2023 years from the birth of Jesus Christ. So the, the final thing I want to say is everything good in the United States of America comes from the person of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God. Without him, life in America would be Boring. Amen. A big amen and a big amen. Remember what our Lord said when he said, amen, amen, amen. Listen up. Yeah. All right, Jess, let's talk about some soul food, brother. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21 and following, verse 28 and following. Jesus said to the chief priest and the elders of the people, what is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son said in reply, I will not. But afterwards, he changed his mind and went. We call that repentance, that second sentence. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, the first. Jesus said to them, amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in, a way of, in the way of righteousness, you did not believe, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe in him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So in this parable, our Lord Jesus Christ is talking about two sons. And he explains the, the preceding question about John the Baptist's authority. John has authority of a prophet. So the sons, they represent two groups of Jewish people at the time of Christ. The first set of Jewish people are the simple folks. Uh, they're sinners who hear the message of John and they repent at the preaching of John. The second son that Jesus is talking about here represent the leaders, the establishment of Israel. They hear John the Baptist's message. Guess what? They refuse to listen to him. And so that's why our Lord is saying that the hoi polloi, the rank and file, the tax collectors, the harlots, they will enter into the kingdom of God before the, the establishment, before the Israeli leaders who listened to the message of John, but they rejected what he had to say. So by following John the Baptist, his, his message of, of righteousness, the former sinners, the rank and file hoi polloi Jew, they actually do the will of the Father because they repented as Jesus said they did, where the establishment, the leaders, heard John the Baptist's message and did not repent.
Well said. Jesse, I, mean, I, I can't wait to talk about Sheen today because it was 30, uh, 43 years ago. Right now, I was at his funeral, the 13th of December. But before I tell people about that, let's let's talk a little bit about St. Lucy, Virgin and Martyr. Because I mean, she, I, from what I understand, reading her life, she was a really beautiful woman. All these men wanted to marry her. And uh, Jess, there's a, a, a story that says this, and it may not be true, but I can hear, I can just see this, our Lord working a miracle. A guy comes up to St. Lucy, well, your eyes are so beautiful, I want, I want to marry you. And she says, yeah, here's my eyeballs, you can have them, get out of here. And then our Lord restored her sight with new eyeballs. Now, that could be one of those legend stories, but the point that I'm making is this was a virgin. Back then, we didn't have convents for this. They lived at home. They prayed the Psalms. This was the lifestyle of virgins in the early church. So I just want to say, St. Lucy, virgin and martyr, pray for us. Pray Your thoughts, Jess? Yeah, Terry, St. Lucy, from what, uh, from what I read about her— yeah. She consecrated herself to our Lord Jesus Christ at a very young age. Yes. Just like a lot of the women in the first 300 years of the church. Yes. Uh, her, her mom tried to make marriage arrangements for her, but <laughs> she would have none of it. Yeah. Her mom was named Eutychia. Yeah. Uh, well, th- the mom suffered from a hemorrhage. Yes. And she was cured after venerating the relics of uh, St. Agatha near right. Syracuse, Italy. And the, this miraculous healing, it softened the heart of Lucy's mom, Eutychia. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards her daughter, and so Eutychia, they were they're fairly wealthy. They began distributing the family's wealth to the poor people as a result of the healing, the conversion that the the interior conversion that Eutychia, Lucy's mom, experienced. Lucy also had a pagan fiance. On the other hand, and he was incensed by the squandering of the fortune, he denounced her to the governor. And just like in Saint Agatha's case mm-hmm. uh, and Saint Agnes Day. Yep. Traditions suggest that Lucy's tormentors were determined to violate her virginal body, but she was miraculously preserved, and she died around the year 303 A.D. She was like a lamb uh, led to the slaughter, but God intervened. St. Lucy, pray for us. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. Full Sheen ahead. As I said, 43 years ago, right now, I was at Fulton Sheen's funeral, thanks be to God, by the grace of God, in New York City at St. Patrick's Cathedral. And uh, I've been preaching about Bishop Sheen ever since, especially about the Mass. All right, here's what he says about truth. This is for our culture. Truth is not something we invent, everybody. If we do, it's a lie. So people who say, I have my truth and your truth, no, that's a lie. Rather, Bishop Sheen says, truth is something we discover like love. And how do we discover truth? Well, right from the Bible, from Holy Mother, the Church, and we know what we call the perennial teachings of the church we can count on. And that's what I'd like to encourage everyone to do. Hey, when we come back from our break, Jess, Cameron O'Hearn, he put together this massive ages. Wow, it's a powerful video. And I want to ask him some questions about the video and what he's going to be doing to help people fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ through the mass. And that's exactly what I see him doing. This is the Terry and Jesse Show. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show, and we'd like to welcome Cameron O'Hearn. He's one of the bright lights of uh, 
This is one of the prayers of uh, of many Young. popes and many saints and doctors of new evangelization. Young adults like him exactly. that are taking the bull by the horns and are saying, "Knock it off, you modernist! You uh, <laughs> you you Woodstock hippie modernist! Knock it off!" There's a new breed of Catholics. Uh, hey, welcome, yeah. welcome, my friend. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. You're doing good wow. work, by the way. Oh, thanks for having me. Am I coming through all right? Yeah, you're doing fine, my friend. We're oh, excited. this is great. We're what a privilege. We're excited to have you on because we're big promoters of Bishop Snyder's book, The Catholic Mass. I know you're familiar with that. Yep. And this is something that people need to understand the Mass. If they don't understand the Mass, then they're lost. So we're just excited. Uh, Cameron, can you introduce yourself? Because a lot of our people on this on the radio don't really know who you are. So tell us, you know, give us a, a 40,000-foot view of who you are and your Catholic credentials. So I'm a Catholic filmmaker. I'm the director of the Mass of the Ages trilogy. So we're working on episode three right now. The trilogy, the first two episodes have reached millions of people. Awesome. So I'm also the CEO of Mass of the Ages, which is a nonprofit we started to increase Latin masses worldwide. Good. Um, I got my bachelor's in divinity degree from Maryvale Institute. And I guess the most the, the best thing about my Catholic credentials is I, I go to Mass every Sunday and then awesome. sometimes during the week. Good. <laughs> hey, Cameron, uh, let me just add, what inspired you? I mean, here you are, a young guy. You could be doing any, anything you want. You know, you got, uh, you know, you got years of, of, of life left in you. What is it that inspired you to say, I'm going to use my energy, focus my energy and my talents to promote the mass of the ages? I mean, was there a person, a book, uh, some type of conference, a moment in your life, a mountaintop retreat? What was it that said, this is going to be my narrow focus and I have to go full steam ahead on this? It was a person, and that person was Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. <laughs> so those of us who've been in an adoration chapel with that one other, you know, yeah. middle-aged woman there, you know, Kathy, and we're there in the adoration chapel wondering why the world isn't here. The king of the universe is here, and the world has, has passed him by. The world doesn't know he, he exists. So I had this, this Eucharistic piety um, and then the Pew study came out that revealed that most Catholics don't believe in the real presence. Mm. My background was in film. I also had background studying the liturgy, and I put those two together because um, I was taught lex orandi, lex credendi, that the law of prayer is the law of belief. And the reason that the world isn't on their knees in front of the Blessed Sacrament is because something went wrong with our worship. And so mm -hmm. I, I saw a really strong connection with the way we worship and what we believe and the mass of the ages trilogy sets out to show you how beautiful and rich and informative the the traditional latin mass is and how it forms a eucharistic piety give us a little bit more of a explanation of the mass of ages so i want people to be teased to want to watch that and then tell us how they can do that yeah, thanks for asking. So it's so you you can just go on YouTube, search Mass of the Ages. You'll mm -hmm. find both episodes one and two for free. Mm -hmm. And the first episode is a beautiful, winsome introduction to the Latin Mass. So when people hear the Latin Mass, it's kind of a misleading 
turn of phrase. Um, the, the new mass, the Novus Ordo, most people are familiar with, can be celebrated in Latin, does have traditional elements. But when we say the traditional Latin mass, there's a lot that needs to be unpacked about that. And episode one introduces you to it. And it, it, it tells a story of this widow who lost her husband and the mass for her, the Latin mass is a solid foundation when, when everything in the world is, is changing. Episode two then uh, gets into the controversy of what happened after Vatican II. So a lot of traditional Catholics like to throw shade at Vatican II or throw out Vatican II. We don't do that. We say, well, well, there, there's more to the story. If we just zoom in on what happened after Vatican II, we can show that a, a faithful Catholic, a traditional Catholic can embrace Vatican II and say something went wrong afterwards. There was a committee that put together the new mass and they took many liberties with it and it's it's an exciting story of twists and turns and characters you've never heard of but you'll never forget once you meet them so that's episode two it's called a perfect storm cameron you're going to be surprised uh that terry barber he actually and you're going to probably want to talk to him about mass of the ages <clears throat> three terry uh talked to an abbot that was at vatican two he was a he was a, an expert, a theological expert at Vatican II. His name is uh, Abbot uh, Boniface. Mm -hmm. And Terry Barber recorded him, essentially. Terry, you, you tell me. All right, Cameron it was three hours an interview, Cameron, that the Vatican wanted copies of. Everybody wanted copies of it. And it was because he made the comment, what you said, but he, he was one of the fathers of the council. He said, what happened after the council would make everybody turn in their grave. Because that wasn't what we intended. Like, I asked him questions like, communion in the hand. No! Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, give me a... You know, the point I'm making, I'm happy to send you the interviews. You don't need to talk to me about it, but... I would love to see it. Yeah, I'll, I, well, you can't see it. It's audio recordings. I would love to see it with my ears. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But it's just, it's very informative because it really... I put it was the real Vatican II, please stand up, because... Uh, mm. You know, a lot of the ambiguity that went on, there's no question about that. But I don't want to talk about that. We'll, we'll, I'll, get to, I'll get that yeah. to you, my friend, after exactly. we'll love it. you. Right. Get to, I wanted to about, talk about your uh, video, The Mass of Ages, because Father Charles Murr, who's on our show on a regular basis, he was in part of that, and many other good priests. A lot of our friends are part oh, of yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, Joe, Father, Father Jai yeah. Ilo, I remember him. When, oh, Father Ilo, he's uh, great. Are you ready for this? This is on a side note. When I first met him, he didn't even understand the relief in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. At age 19, he came to the MI program, the Youth Mission for the Immaculata. He went before our Eucharistic King, and we were telling him, that's Jesus. Really? And now look at him wow. today. But he, the point I'm trying to convey is... You're talking to two old guys, Cameron. No, that, I've been doing this for 43 <laughs> years, dude. I mean, I was at Fulton Shane's funeral last year. 43 years ago at this moment right now. Well, you oh, know. Wow. So, I mean, my point is I'm happy to send you whatever I can, but let's talk about your documentaries and what, what goals do you have for those? So the goal of episode one and two was really to introduce people to the Latin mass, explain what it is, why it's important. And the, the fact that we can talk about the new mass and say that something went wrong with it. We, yeah. the new mass can be done very beautifully and very reverently. There's a lot of good priests who, celebrate the new mass a lot of holy people who attend the new mass so it's not so much you know what side you're on but okay something went wrong yeah now episode three yes tell us that we're currently working on is is about what 
what is Traditionis Custodis? So there was this document that restricted the Latin mass. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that needs to be unpacked about why it was restricted. What are the uh, preconceptions that the Holy Father has towards the traditional movement? Yes. And what, what we're going to do is show bishops all over the world the true face of the traditional movement and inspire them to protect it in their dioceses. Because right now, after Traditionis Custodis, it is up to the bishops in their dioceses to restrict it or to allow it to be celebrated. So episode three is going to show them, wait a second, traditional Catholics are not all against Vatican II. Most of us are not right. into the politics. We just love this mass exactly. and it informs the piety we are passing on at home. So we're going to tell that story and hopefully it inspires bishops all over the world. Cameron, well, uh, go ahead. Cameron, yes. is that what you mean by rebranding and refreshing the mass? Oh, goodness. <laughs> rebranding. It's been uh, a controversy online, but yes. Yeah, yeah I heard so, that. Okay, okay. <laughs> rebranding. So what branding is simply is a, a public perception. So a brand is a public perception. You can pick a person, pick a thing, pick a movement. Everything has a public perception perception. That's right. The Latin mass has a public perception. The people who attend it have, have a public perception. We saw this in the, the Pope's letter, Traditionis Custodis. He says that those who celebrate the 62 Missal are too often characterized by rejection of Vatican II. Yeah. So that's a perception. That's right. I think that perception is false. I agree. And I it agree. needs to be changed. Amen. And that's all we mean by rebranding. Got it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Give it a fresh look. Yeah. You know, Cameron. Yeah. I have Put a, a true face on exactly. it. Exactly. Show, show what it really is. We're talking about the traditional Latin Mass, but I have to tell you, here at our Sacred Heart Chapel, we have a Catholic church that we purchased years ago, and we have the Anglican Ordinariate Mass, we have a Melkite Rite, we have Novus Ordo Latin, we have a Trinitine, so we have a variety. So we see all these. And I just want to ask you, uh, when you mentioned that the Pew Research about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, I think you're touching on a topic that, uh, and because our bishops are saying that we need a Eucharistic revival, would you agree that a Eucharistic revival would be having a really traditional Mass being celebrated that articulates the real presence in a very powerful way? That's my question to you. Yes, we need liturgy to inform the catechesis and yeah. piety that we're passing on at home. So, you know, if, if we're told one thing at, at, at Wednesday school, yeah. at, at, at a lecture, but we see the, the priest, the, the father in our faith, not acting like he really believes it, right. then there's a problem. And that, that's why, you know, when father doesn't do it, then the children follow. Like, right. And what's, what's great about the traditional Latin mass is the reverence for the Eucharist is kind of baked into the rubric. <laughs> exactly. It's like, um, you, you don't have to attempt to be reverent because it tells you everything you need to do you got to hold your fingers like this it's it's scrupulously caring for every single particle of the eucharist i mean if you go to a latin mass you're just in awe of their attention and reverence towards the blessed sacrament you can have that in the new mass but what you need is a priest who's already very pious and very reverent attaching ritualistic elements to the new mass because it's not built into the rubrics itself. So definitely we need reverence all across the board at, at every mass and every liturgy. 
we need we need to act like we really believe this is Almighty God present in the Eucharist in front of us. Amen. Yes. Yep. Uh, good stuff here. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. We've got Cameron O'Hearn. He's the director producer of the documentary series, The Mass of the Ages. You can watch it on YouTube. Really good stuff. He's launched a website. It's called LatinMass.com. LatinMass.com. If you want to get the truth about the Latin Mass and not uh, propaganda, not uh, you know people's ideology, but what the church has always taught about the Latin Mass and the beauty of the Latin Mass. So uh, I think you. I'll ask you again, just for the benefit of people just tuning in right now, what inspired you to embark in these projects and highlight the Latin Mass at such a young age? Because you weren't born under the Latin Mass. Yeah, that's right. I didn't discover the Latin Mass till I was 21 wow. years old. I had a Latin Mass in my hometown. And I didn't know it existed. <laughs> and when I went to the Latin Mass, it was, I already had this Eucharistic piety that was formed in me, actually in the charismatic renewal, Good. Uh, funny enough. And just this love, oh my goodness, you know, this awakening. Cameron, that, Cameron uh, hang on a second. We got to take a quick break. We got a hard break. You got it. Hey, actions speak louder than words right now. Catholic Latin Mass. Stay with us. Welcome back. Hey, Jess, we're here, brother. And we are here with Cameron O'Hearn, Author and producer of the Mass of All of the Ages. It's on Terry, YouTube. You know, I see, I see Cameron and and, and that this generation as Tell the me. new crusaders. Yeah, because just no, we're seriously. old. These guys they're, are they're, the young guys. <laughs> they're fighting for the. These guys have zeal. Yeah, these they guys do. know how to use technology. Yeah, these guys are the new crusaders. And since I'm Hispanic, I'll call them the new cristeros. Yeah, they're fighting for the traditions of the church, and I'm so glad that uh, we have replacements right around the corner, Terry. I'm with you. And you know, when I say <laughs> actions speak louder than words, I'm referring to the Latin Mass. The actions of the Mass, like you just said, Cameron, illustrate a real a belief yes. in the real presence, the sacredness. Well put, Terry. Well yeah, put. it's just, it came to me while you were describing it. Let me ask you this. Have any bishops or any clergy from the Roman Curia, I know, contacted you or given you support for your project? Because I know... Uh, there's got to be some people out there that go like, hey, God bless you, young man. Keep it up. Do you get that at all? Yeah, uh, not in publicly usually. Of course not. <laughs> not sometimes I get sometimes people time. are like, oh, I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, there's a there's certain ideas about the Latin Mass and people behind it that there's bishops who don't want to publicly associate with it, uh, which is, under, I guess, understandable. So there's there's several of those, but also in our films, you know, Bishop Strickland was in episode one. I was just going to um, tell you, I interview him every Tuesday on Virgin Most Powerful. He's he's constantly talked about that, your movie. So, yeah. I, I, oh, I, really? Like, oh, yeah. We talk about you all the time about the movie, The Mass. His point, he just keeps saying, he says, people don't know, understand the Mass. We've got to go back to the Eucharist. That's right. He's all about the Eucharist. Yep. That's why I have a lot of respect for him. Yep. Uh, Bishop Athanasius Schneider <laughs> is in our films. Uh yeah, and then uh, b the bishops in Lincoln, so the Lincoln Diocese, oh, yeah, Bishop time. Conley, Bishop Breskowitz, Emeritus Bishop. So yeah, we, we have a lot of support from bishops, uh, both off-screen and on-screen. <laughs> good for you. You should. God yeah, you guys, you guys are doing good work, and I just... Uh, so, I, well, here's another question. I, I don't want to go negative here, but it's... Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, but I, I have to ask, 
Have any modernist Catholics attempted to discredit your work? And before you answer that question, you know, we're <laughs> talking about the National Catholic Distorter, I mean Reporter, because I've actually seen something in there, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, and uh, America Magazine and, right. and others. Yeah, um, you know, what's interesting is, uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go into this work wanting to be loved by everyone or Good. wanting to be supported by everyone. Like I knew, I knew I was jumping out into the fire. And you mentioned how the, you know, the young guard is, is coming forward yes. and yep. the old guard is, is grateful for it. Well, I'm grateful for you guys for taking the shots and uh, fighting the fight on the front lines that now we have a space where we can, you know, talk about it and where we have the Latin mass, you know, in many more places. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they take cheap shots, I would say. If you read any of these articles, it sounds like they're not really dealing with the um, the heart of our message. You know, the the shocking moments of the film, the watershed moments. They're not really interacting with the arguments we set forward. So, yeah, we just, we, we you know, hear them and we move on. We have a lot of work to do, a lot, a lot of things we're building, so we don't let it get to us. Excellent. Amen. Yes. So who's your spiritual advisor for this project? You probably have numerous people advising you. Uh, obviously very well-formed Catholics because you could just tell by the content you're putting oh, yeah. out. Oh, yeah. It's uh, you guys are extremely rooted in the tradition of the church and the scriptures. Yeah. We have an advisory team that's made up of experts in uh, liturgy, experts in story and experts in just spiritual life, like spiritual directors. So um, I won't say their names publicly, but uh, one <laughs> that you will know publicly is Monsignor Morris, who's in, both episodes one and two, and likely in three, he um, he's that Monsignor, you know, dressed yes. to the nines yes, in a very traditional. Yeah, he, he said the Latin Mass, and it was a low Mass, so very quiet. Um, you know, didn't quite know what was going on. You know, it was his first time. He's sweating, very nervous, but he goes to the sacristy after Mass, and he just starts weeping. Yes. Because it was the first time he could actually like pray wow. the mass. Wow! 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 So he's he's a spiritual advisor for us, and we we know we just to do this work we have to stay close to the sacraments. Yes. We cannot stand on our ego or our accomplishments or anything. We just have to be humble and listen and let the Lord lead us, and always lean on the sacraments. You know, Ca Cameron, I read the book, The Spirit of the Liturgy, about 20 years ago by Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, and uh, that really opened my eyes to what worship really is. And I'll never forget when he said, if you ever go to a liturgy where they start clapping at the end of the liturgy, you know they didn't get it. Hmm. And you see, with the Latin Mass, and I, I mean, I just went to a Latin Novus Ordo Mass to, uh, an hour and a half ago at our chapel, Okay. I mean, ad orientum, there's such beauty when you don't have to be an entertainer. And I'm sorry to have to say that, but the Novus Ordo Mass many times can be into, if the priest wants to be, you know, entertaining you, he's going to tell you all the jokes. And what's beautiful about the Latin Mass, in Novus Ordo and um, Latin Mass and the Trinitine, is the priest isn't even looking at you. He's worshiping with you and leading you in worship. It seems to me that that in itself, ad orientum, is a huge part of understanding what you're doing at the Mass. Am I onto something? Bishop Schneider says that would solve most of the problems with the liturgy, just turning the priest around. Um, Ratz, or Ratzinger in the book Spirit of the Liturgy you know, says that when you turn the priest to the people, it creates this closed circle. Right. 
where um, instead of praying in a direction to the Father through through the priest, we're we're praying kind of to each other and trying to make up. It almost feels a little pre- pretendy. It's like we're we're talking about praying, but what I've noticed is is I really pray at the Latin Mass. I'm not distracted by vocal prayer when I'm trying to meditate. You know, vocal prayer is great, but an hour of uninterrupted, out loud vocal prayer like doesn't lead into meditation. It doesn't lead into contemplation. We need silence and we need the priest to stop trying to make the liturgy something interesting. Just just pray the prayers and let me let me pray them with you. Yeah, Jess. <laughs> Good hey, this, Jess, uh, Jess yeah, before this... you do that, I just want to say one thing. Okay. Horizontal and vertical. What you oh, just yeah. described is yeah. the vertical is towards up to God. And sometimes we get the mass where it's just so horizontal, like we're being entertained. And that has no place in the mass. And I think Benedict XVI said that very well. I had to throw that in. I'm sorry, Cameron. But no, I'm, that's important. I'm a pushy guy. Good stuff. It, it seems to me, Cameron, like this, uh, you started this project before uh, Pope Francis' document, Custodes right. Traditionis. But my question is, I'm just wondering, did the Pope's document on the Latin Mass, did it give you more zeal to jump into it, uh, to complete the project? Or uh, was there a time where you just wanted to, you know, throw in the towel, abandon the project and say, man, this is depressing. I'm done. <laughs> what happened when that, when that document I came hope. out? What did, what did it do to you? Yeah, I'm I'm energizing? simultaneously depressed and zealous. So yeah, I remember I remember reading that document yeah. over a cup of coffee in the morning. Like my wife said, well, it happened. You know, we we heard it. It might happen, and I was just shocked reading these words from our Holy Father. I felt like I was being disciplined for something I didn't do wrong. Yeah. Um, but. But then when I thought about it and the providence of God, the fact that we've been working on the film for a year and a half up to this point, and we were about to release episode one a month later, Unbelievable. that we, we find ourselves at a, a turning point, kind of the hinge of the traditional Catholic conversation that's going to be shaping the future of the church. So we are at a critical moment and the Lord has placed us in this spot for a reason. And so, yeah, that did give us zeal because we're like, okay, Lord, you know what you're doing. Like you're the best PR marketer, whatever there is. Like you, you knew this was going to happen and you set us up to do this. So we, yeah, zeal because you're the one who's going to do this. Like he uses people but he, he uses people who are on fire. Yeah, he doesn't get it done without us. You know, he chooses to use us. And so, yeah, it, it fired us up. Like we are, we are at the turning point right now. Cameron, I just have to say that I have friends here in L.A. that are priests. And I'll just say Holy Innocence is an example in Long Beach who has a daily Trinitine Mass in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. And the bishop allows that to happen. Okay, just what you had mentioned. There are young priests in the Diocese of L.A. that I meet on a regular basis who tell me they say a Latin Mass uh, on their day off in their privacy of their room because they realize that they can't because of the circumstances they're in. But I got to tell you, a time's coming. I'll be gone. You'll be an old man. Jess and I will be gone. But I really believe there's a resurgence. Once things get developed, it's going to explode like... um, 
like a cannonball hitting the church. Am I onto something? Yeah, I mean, in the 80s, you know, there was barely any, you probably could count on one hand the number of Latin masses in the world, you know, and the situation has definitely changed since then, you know, young people are discovering the Latin mass. And the, the narrative we're hearing from the top down is that this is a very divisive, negative thing. It's, it's, you know, leading to negative fruits all over the church. So bishops, it is now in your hands to restrict it in your dioceses. But what has happened since Traditionis Custodis? If you look on traditioniscustodis.info, which isn't affiliated with us, but they've been cataloging the public responses of bishops since TC came out. Yes. And 70% of the bishops in America and pretty much worldwide haven't restricted any Latin masses. Wow. If you if it's a problem and the bishops are the ones on the ground, boots on the ground who see their their parishes and their diocese, if it is a problem, you would expect more than you you wouldn't expect seventy percent to not restrict Latin mass in their dioceses. Yeah. We even have bishops invoking Canon eighty seven, which allows them to dispense faithful from universal decrees, you know, from the Holy Father. Sure. So. I'm I'm super hopeful. Like most of the bishops are positive or neutral to the Latin Mass, and Cameron, hang on a second. I want to carry you on to this just for a couple of minutes. Absolutely, after, yeah, this yeah. next segment because this is exciting. This is what I call evangelization. You're yes. introducing people to the person of Christ yep. through the sacrifice of the Mass. Stay. With I got us, some family. more questions. Anyway. Absolutely. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Yes, we're too blessed to be stressed. Yes, we're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We've got Cameron O'Hearn from <laughs> Mass of the Ages, director, producer. Uh, I, I, he's uh, like one of the new Knights Templar, one of the new Crusaders, one of the new Cristeros <laughs> of this generation. He's, uh, he's Terry, he, he's jumped into the ring. I, I love it. Of, of the liturgy. Amen. And, I mean, th- we've been having the liturgical wars for 60 years and, <laughs> and Cameron is front and center, but I'm glad that he's, uh, he's got that youthful zeal to, to continue this I, fight for I many, love many days. He's going to outlast the modernists. That's, yeah. that's the good people like him. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that Latin phrase, the way you worship is the way you believe. Explain that a little bit more to our listeners, because I want to really convince people that if they don't get the mass right, they get nothing right. Can you can you repeat that? It yeah, kind of cut out. The way out you worship is the way you believe. That's so right. So if you have beautiful worship, it affects your belief. And so I want to ask you that uh, how you know your movie, The Mass of Ages, really articulates the beauty of the mass, and it communicates a reverence that will affect the way they believe in the sense of their doctrinal views on the, what the mass is, because the Trinitine Mass, the you know. Ex- we call it extraordinary form, call it which, but the, the the Latin uh, mass communicates such reverence that it should affect your doctrinal view on what takes place on the altar. That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, lex orandi, lex credendi means the law of prayer is the law of belief. Yeah. Or to say another way, the, the way we worship affects or is the foundation of what we believe. There you go. So 
I mean, you can you you can look it up in the Catechism. The Catechism of the Catholic Church talks about lex orandi, lex credendi. I mean, this is the source and summit of our faith on Sunday at Mass. Yeah. Must inform what we believe. So the way we worship, you know, is it does it deal with sin seriously? Do do we have reverence and atten attention towards the Blessed Sacrament? A a reverence for the saints and Our Lady. Um, are we are we incorporating silence and meditation into our prayer life? I mean, these are things that are just built into the to the traditional Latin Mass. You have they deal with sin seriously. They talk about sacrifice. You feel like you're kneeling at mm -hmm. Calvary. Yep. Like there is a sacrifice in front of you taking place. It takes itself seriously, and it it, it forces you to kind of um, pull up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, yeah. and follow along. And now it's on you. The priest isn't going to read everything to you and hold your hand. He's not the MC of the liturgy. Right. You open up your <laughs> missile and you're going to pray or you're going to not pray. Exactly. You know, and, and prayer looks different. Like sometimes when I'm changing my son in the back bathroom and mass is going on, I'm still praying. I'm still offering my little sacrifice of, of praise, but it just looks different. So prayer is just about, you know, be, being intentional. It's about having your attention on God. Amen. And uh, sometimes the liturgy can just distract from that, unfortunately. <laughs> I get it. All right, Jess? You know, Cameron, because it, one of the things that human beings, they, we struggle with, obviously, it's one of the seven deadly sins is pride. Yeah. And one of the things that's very helpful in the Latin Mass is that it, it, uh, it destroys th that, uh, that sin that we all <laughs> wrestle with, pride. You know why? It's, it's because... It's very penitential. Exactly. All the prayers tell you that you're a sinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're you're on your knees for like ninety percent of the mass, you know, which is again it's a, pen, it's a penitential posture. So when you walk out of the Latin Mass, you know you're a sinner that needs a savior. Yep. That's right. And 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 you don't always feel like that with the new mass. And, and don't get me, I go I go to both. So I, I you know I, yep. I can I can make I can make observations on both mass because I go to both. And the new mass sometimes you feel like you're at a large happy family meal. It's it's it becomes entertainment. Uh, and the mass is an entertainment. It's medicine. It's the medicine of Calvary. Mm. And and especially that prayer right before Holy Communion, to me, it's more significant in the Latin Mass where we say, you know, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you, but only say the word and I shall be healed. And, and the priest says it in Latin uh, three times. Uh, that's the way you feel. You're on your knees. You're listening to the words. You're praying the Mass. Uh, you could follow along so your intellect is being stimulated as well. Or you could just be quiet. St. Father Pio, he said, you could just be quiet during the Latin Mass and just That's take right. it all in, take the graces. And you don't have to uh, to pray the Mass. But nonetheless, e even my wife and and uh, anybody who we ever take to the Latin Mass and we walk out to the parking lot with them and we just say, so, you know, how, how do you feel? Every single person that we take, they say, <laughs> wow, what yeah. was that? I said, what do you mean? They said, I feel like I encountered God. These are people that were bringing, you know, that have been to the Novus Ordo all their life, and they actually, in their senses, they can detect something different. Not that God is not present in Novus Ordo Mass. Of course right. he is. But I'm just saying, because of the precision of the Latin Mass, mm -hmm. 
because of the, the the prayers are richer, they're fuller, they're richer, and the posture it looks like a bunch of marines up there, a bunch That's you know right. like a bunch it's like like uh, what's uh, the tomb of the unknown soldier, the crisp snapping postures and positions by the acolytes, everything there just lends it to encounter God. I, I've experienced the same thing. I mean, you know, I, I've had actually my most profound transformational experiences have probably been at a Novus Ordo Mass. It's not as simple, like we, we don't draw a line in the sand and say, you know, it's only the Latin Mass where you right. can have a, right. you know, a relationship with Jesus or anything like that. But it's the, the things in the Latin Mass are time honored. Yeah. So that's a word that Martin Mosebach uses. He's, a, he's an author on the liturgy. They're time honored, which means that over time, the, the church sees these prayers that are accumulating into the liturgy and receives them and uh, codifies them. And they become a part of the church's worship for centuries upon centuries. <laughs> so they are psychologically, spiritually enriching. They lead us to God objectively. We can't throw out prayers that have been time honored for millennia. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's not a Catholic sensibility to undo or unwind tradition like that. And yeah, I've been to plenty of Novus Ordos. I think the big problem with the, the Novus Ordo, unfortunately, is not the, you know, clown abuses or anything crazy. It's more like just an epidemic of casualness. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well that said. The the priest doesn't doesn't act like he's at Calvary. Yeah. Act like he's holding Almighty God. Yep. And when the people approach, they're they're not standing and walking and receiving the Eucharist mid stride in their hands. They're kneeling at the the edge of the sanctuary, opening their mouths in awe and receiving the King of the Universe into them. Like it just looks different, and it informs what we believe. Well said, Cameron. Again, people can go to YouTube and watch the Massive Ages. How can people support your mission? What, what, do you have a website that we could uh, recommend people to help you with? Yes. Yeah, so if you go to latinmass.com slash give, yes. latinmass.com slash give, you can help us double Latin Masses in a decade. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> wow. So uh, it, we're, this is not an impossible thing to do. I'm very optimistic that this will be done. If we... If you run the numbers, I won't bore you with the numbers, but basically if we had one, if we had 10% of the dioceses in the world just open to the Latin mass in their diocese, and if we trained one out of every 20 diocesan priests in those dioceses to celebrate Latin mass, we will will more than double Latin masses. So help us double Latin masses, go to latinmass.com slash give. We're making priest trainings. We're, We're sending... Latin Mass supplies the priests all over the world. Awesome. We're creating short films, answering questions people have about the Latin Mass. We're doing a lot. Just go there, latinmass.com slash give, and you can see everything we're doing. Let me just make a comment about the country of France and tell me if I'm on to something. I read that at one point in France, you know, they have a very low amount of people coming to Mass, but 50% of the whole uh, population that go to Mass go to a Latin Mass, and there are very few Latin Masses you know, and, and compared to the uh, the French masses that go on, my point to you is: in France, if half the people are were going to the Latin Mass in the entire country, when they had such a small amount of masses, something's going wrong with 
uh, the vernacular mass that people aren't coming to it. I, I'm convinced that it's this is part of the renewal of the church that I'm going to, are you ready for this? And you'll knock you off your horse that the second Vatican council has asking for the spirit, you know, the, 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 you know, the renewal of the church. I think it comes through having a mass that's celebrated beautifully and reverently so that people get communicated their love for Jesus in the Eucharist. Am I onto something brother? I think the, the Latin mass looks more like what Vatican II said the mass should look like yeah. than what we have in the new mass, That's which, is, which is very ironic. Yes, um, 100%. We have, so if you go to an individual Latin mass parish, it's overflowing with people. That's true. Uh, the problem is we don't have many Latin mass parishes worldwide. So about 2% of practicing Catholics attend a Latin mass. In a country like Portugal, there's a handful of Latin mass parishes for a population of 9 million Catholics. Wow. Mexico has 17. That's all. Or however many America's you know, Latin different. mass parishes wow. there, uh, there are. SSPX will have some more there as well. Sure. So we need to train more priests, diocesan priests, to celebrate Latin mass. We need to equip them with everything they need to celebrate it. Amen. We need to inf- teach people about what the Latin mass is. Why does the priest have his back towards me? Why do you receive <laughs> communion on the tongue? Yeah. These are questions we need answers to. And right now we're not giving them answers online. We have cranky trads online who talk an hour and a half about <laughs> Vatican II this and Pope Francis that, and they're angry. And it's like, we need a new approach to inspire people, to inform people, and to equip and train priests so we can actually move the needle, increase Latin Masses world. Awesome. And in addition to your video, I want to recommend the Catholic Mass by Bishop Athanasius Schneider. We carry it on our website. Go to vmpr.org. Pick up that book. I've had more people tell me. We've gotten through hundreds of these books on the Catholic Mass, and Bishop Schneider does a marvelous job showing you some of the things that we talked about and articulating why communion in the hand is wrong, why uh, Ad Orientum is the way to go, why the Latin Mass is beautiful. So get the book. Hey, Cameron, you're a good man. I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join the Terry and Jesse show, brother. Terry, it was ben, a privilege. I loved ben it. Ben Cameron, those uh, CDs of your interview. Oh, with I will. Adam I'm going to call you. I got a lunch in a. What's a CD? Yeah, no, it's going to be a download, brother. You're going oh, okay, to. Oh, okay, good. I thought <laughs> well, I was thinking of sending you a cassette tape, or maybe a four yeah. track or an eight track. A cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> Go way back, brother. Hey, can you tell I like to have fun? Jesse, Cameron, stay with us. One more point, Jess. What state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pick up your rosaries every day. Beats for the battle. Go to Mass as often as possible. Go to Holy Hour. Be holy or die trying and flee this corrupt generation. And don't forget Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Yes, mom, grandma, everyone can make sacrifices. Make everything a sacrifice. Give it all to Jesus. You can affect the salvation of souls. Wow. Team Jesus here. Jess, thanks, thanks again. Lord, Cameron. We'll Cameron, have to do this again. God, God love you, brother. My friend. God bless. Have Up a good next, day, guys. the Bishop Strickland Hour. Stay with us on vmpr.org. God love you.